You are listening to My Comic Shop History, part of the Flat Squirrel Podcast Network. Subscribe on iTunes, Podomatic, Google Play, or Spotify. The Flat Squirrel Podcast Network also includes four Patreon-exclusive subseries, My Superfan History, My Comic Shop Book Club, the My Comic Shop History After Show, and, coming in 2019, Beyond My Comic Shop. Sign up at patreon.com slash mycomicshophistory for exclusive access to this additional content. Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. Con season rolls along with an episode from the creator perspective. I am joined by a pair of New Jersey area artists. To my left, we have Len Danovich. Len, welcome. Hello. And to my right, Nick Justice. Nick, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello, hello. So it's great to have both of you here today. You know, we've been crossing paths both online and online and at conventions and Jersey shops. And finally, we are all here together podcasting. That's yes. about time. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. We love the show. Yes. Well, I Big appreciate fans. that. Big that means fans. a lot. I think we met in person, if I'm not mistaken, at ZapCon a few months back in the winter. That's right. I yeah. recall. Yep. It was, it was brief. You walked up and I'm like, oh, that's his, that's Anthony. I'm like, yeah. oh, I got to talk to him. But then there was like people around and gets crazy. And he's like, oh, well, I'll be back. I'll talk to you guys later. Is that, is that um, not what but, I sound yeah, like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right. I, I, that's terrible. That's what I said. That's how I heard it. You know? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's how I heard it. Yeah, I saw you, and I was like, that, that's it, the guy. That's and I'm like, Anthony Desi. That's Anthony. Oh, I've got to talk to him later. Yep. So, so it was a good meeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, well, I'm glad we were able to do this because, I mean, as you know, and as listeners know, this episode has been about comic conventions from a myriad of perspectives. So we've mm-hmm. talked to organizers and press, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to be talking to a uh, cosplayer, and we've talked to dealers. So it, it's been a mix and, and examining mm-hmm. conventions from these different perspectives. And we've had a couple of creators, actually a few creators, on the show previously. We had Tom Rainey in the premiere. Oh, yeah. We had Brandon Montclair in the second episode. And we had uh, Franco in the uh, fifth episode of the season. Mm-hmm. So we've had a few creators, but I wanted to devote an entire episode specifically to the creator perspective. And the, the main reason I wanted to have you guys, you know, t- to really get that aspiring, up-and-coming creator perspective. Because it's it's a different perspective than someone who's well and long established in the industry you know and your perspective is one that i identify a lot with uh you know just from my own point of view so i think it'll be interesting you know to hear what cons are like for you guys yeah the struggle is real in the trenches that's the way i like to put it <laughs> yeah so we want to i want to get into those trenches with you guys and really really talk about this uh before we do that for listeners who who might not be familiar with your work already where where might they have seen uh, some of your stuff nick uh well if you collect trading cards by any chance i do a lot of work for over the past couple of years a lot of work for tops and upper deck um marvel license sets for upper deck like marvel masterpieces any of the movie properties marvel movie movie properties um tops i've been up to my neck and star wars stuff for the past two years too so i'm a little burnt out on that but (laughs) do a lot of sketch covers i do a lot of business online with sketch covers as well that's like my bread and butter and uh, standalone commissions. And N- Nick is a workhorse when it comes to thank you, thank <laughs> to you. sketch covers Mine and cards. <laughs> um, on the other hand, I'm kind of newer to this, and I do a lot of work. Um, I do f- stuff for Craig Yo for Yo Books, uh, IDW. Um, a lot of sketch covers, commissions, that type of thing. You know, working our way up to getting more published work, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Gotcha. 
And Nick, you are a graduate of the Cuber School, correct? Yes, a 2011 graduate. So I've, it's hard to believe I've been out seven years now already. <laughs> Stayed in Jersey and 2011. Uh, wow. Yeah, no, it's a three-year school, and before I know it, I blink and it's over. I'm like, what do I do now? I want to stay close to New York, and got a Jersey girl, and <laughs> you know, we have a son now, and. Uh, a lot of friends I made in school are still here in the area, and the convenience of being close to the city, and made friends with a lot of shop owners, um, and con owners, or con, what do you call them? Organizers. 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 <laughs> the yeah. official term. Uh, yeah, you're well, always, you're always, well, both you guys are always yeah. at stores. I know you're at Zap a lot, that's doing our, uh, that's sketch parties. That's and our go-to store, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been going to Zap for years, years. Yeah. We also would be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to Fat Moose, where we are recording today. Yes. So we want to thank uh, Matt and Sean for accommodating us and having us here today. So we are recording uh, while the store is in action. So if you if you hear some stuff in the background. <laughs> That's a Sean going. It's probably Sean. <laughs> when I moved to New Jersey in 2008, and the school, Cubert School, is close to here. Straight shot. Down the um, road. Down the road. And I was you know seeking out comic shops, and this was the closest shop I could find at the time. And it was the first shop I visited. Was it in New Jersey? But was it at here? At the old location. It? Yeah, the other location. Yeah, gotcha. Very cool. And you know, Nick, as far as your background, and I want to, I want to ask you about your background, but I also want to ask you if you're, if you ever get tired of talking about it, because it's, it's interesting. You were a corrections officer. Oh my goodness! I didn't prior know what you were talking. About. But <laughs> oh, oh no, you, f you found out. <laughs> but, but Nick is really good with people. That. <laughs> That is key. But no, the reason I, I, yeah. I asked that other part is, you know, I've I've been interviewed a fair amount for mm -hmm. the the documentaries and podcasts, and you know, interviewers are often um, very taken with the fact that I went to law school. I'm an mm -hmm. attorney by by pra by training, if not by practice. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's often the angle when I when I'm interviewed. It's like, oh, like you you're a lawyer and you do this. And so I don't know. Like, do you ever get tired of talking about that background, or or no? No, I don't. Um, if anything, that background helped me be more of a people person, being able to speak with others and talk with others and build my confidence levels. And if it weren't for that, I don't know if I ever would have pursued going to the school and, you know, putting my foot in the door and trying to find artwork and people, you know, being, being surrounded with like-minded people. Yeah. Um, so you were a corrections officer in Vir I, Virginia? In Virginia. For how long? For seven, going on eight years. And that's another thing. I didn't want to make a 25, 30-year career out of something like that. I, I couldn't see myself. <laughs> How'd you get into it in the first place? Uh, in the first place, I initially went to a fine arts school for two years. Um, pulled out with the intentions of going back. That didn't happen because I started working. I needed work. It was local. And next thing I know, seven years go by time is different for artists i think sometimes yeah. <laughs> it's like and we work on different schedules yeah. i'm like oh my gosh what am i doing i want to go back to art school but i don't necessarily want to go back to fine art school and being a kid in the growing up in the 80s i always saw cubert school ads and comic books so i said let me send in my portfolio and see what happens and been here since 2008 <laughs> it, you know i've, I've, Jersey. I've, I've and the struggle continues and the struggle continues <laughs> <laughs> say that again and the no. struggle continues <laughs> no. uh now i've exchanged a few emails the with with the cubert school and I, I do hope to do something with them on the podcast in the future because i think it's really cool and you know my day job i don't talk about it a ton on the show but um i'm the associate director of admissions at pace law school in white plains new york and uh, so I think if nothing else, it would be really interesting to kind of compare notes on the admissions process like, mm. for each place. <laughs> I think that'd be oh, kind of yeah. fun. But can you just tell That's me, like, how did, you, how did you 
come to that decision that you were going to make that plunge and and leave even if it might not have been your your passion but at least a steady job for something that was so much more of an unknown uh i was approaching 30 years old because i spent the majority of my 20s in this corrections job and i had a deep serious conversation with my mother who's about to retire from the department of corrections within the next couple of years and she uh, was always supportive of me and my art growing up. So she said, if that's your passion, I know you want to go back to school. You don't want to spend your life not doing something you enjoy. Even if you struggle at it, go for it. So that's what I've done. And I rarely see any family from Virginia anymore, um, which is sad. But we, you know, we do communicate still. I do miss home sometimes. But now this is my home because I have family here, right? a large comic family. And like I said earlier, like-minded individuals, the comics community in this area is pretty prominent and strong. No, that's awesome. Well, I commend you. I mean, for you know, for having the guts to do something like that. And I do identify with your statement regarding the passage of time because I graduated from law school in 2012, mm-hmm. and I started working in the admissions office at the school that that following fall. So right there, right thereafter, and I'm now hitting six years there, and it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it it's, yeah, it's like where did it go? Yeah, time so I, flies. You know, I, I yeah. get that completely. And Len, what's, can you tell us a little bit of your uh, secret origin? My secret origin? Mm. Um, <laughs> I was born. <laughs> there you go. Um, I came originally from Russia um, back in the 80s, early 80s. Um, grew up, you know, always, always was creative, always loved to draw and, uh, ever since I was, oh, I don't remember. Anyway, so... I went to uh, School of Visual Arts and graduated in 1998, which makes me old. <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> well, <laughs> and uh, as a fine art de- degree, which uh, I majored in illustration, design, and, you know, a- after that I worked at different agencies and companies and multimedia companies. I did streaming videos, you know, all these new you know new new fangled stuff that was coming out uh with the internet um and i guess maybe like i'd say a couple of years back um i decided you know what enough of this uh you know daily grind and i'm gonna give it a go besides working you know a day job and everything like that um we decided I'm going to you know, pursue my dream and my passion is to draw comics. And I bumped into Nick a couple of times at Zaps at yeah. their sketch parties. And I said, you know what? This guy <laughs> here, you know, he, he's a workhorse. He's always here. He's always drawing. I see his stuff online. You know, let me talk to him and uh, I was like, come who friendly. Who is this guy asking all these questions? What were some of the questions that you, that you were asking? Like, what sort of uh, guidance you know, did you, you know, see? That's, that's the big thing is when you're starting out or, you know, even if you're a seasoned pro, you know, you always want to be around like-minded individuals and you're looking for guidance like, you know, how did you come to this? How did you, why are you doing sketch parties here? You know, why are you particularly doing, you know, sketch cards or sketch covers? You know, what's selling, what's working, you know, and, you know, just try to get some guidance and try to get your foot into the door, you know, and from there what you do with it mm-hmm. i mean have you found that teaming up has allowed each of you to expand your respective reaches because you can have some overlap between um, between fans because yeah, mm-hmm. we're very we have very different styles uh, nick and i mm-hmm. and you know we're we have the ability to kind of go out of our you know day-to-day styles and do other things because mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I have multiple styles, I could say. I could do, you know, the fine art, you could do the right. portraiture, you could do the comic, cartooning. Mm -hmm. It's just a You have to be gear, flexible. As yeah, an flexible and gear it towards the, the right. client. And having a commercial art background uh, with a fine art background, you know, and an illustrative uh, mindset, you know, can be very powerful. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and you guys—I I forget offhand—but you do have a name for yourselves as a duo, correct? <laughs> what? What is it? Nick and Len. No, um, <laughs> no, that that came about uh, through a f mutual friend of ours who came to one of our signings. Oh, you're talking about the uh, gang, the, the gang, like the art gang, our art gang. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Nick, Nick could <laughs> elaborate on this a little. Are more. you talking about the Shockmasters? Yes. That's oh, okay. What it is. Yes. yes. I shock, thought so. The Shockmasters. Shock. <laughs> um, that's a couple of other artist buddies of ours, uh, Dave Fowler and A.J. Marone. Um, Dave did live in Jersey, but now he moved to Connecticut, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, and A.J. is just over the state line in New York. But he's always here. Yeah. yeah. So he finds his way around. Yeah, so. Um, you know, it's a collective. It's, it's open to anybody who wants to, you know, collaborate and talk comics mm -hmm. and talk art, mostly art, you know. And yeah that's key you know you, you can't live in a bubble and you can't live work alone and you need friends and you need acquaintances mm -hmm. who have like-minded um, we're always sharing goals. like our current uh working process images like through text or yeah. something like what do you guys think of this you know what what do you recommend i do do you do you like this you know it's what show you yeah. know is good did you go to this one oh i couldn't make it to that one you know mm -hmm. is there a signing here is there something going on do you, you guys know? want to do a sketch day at fat moose or zap or wherever <laughs> what are the, so that yeah, kind of thing that type of stuff yeah no, very cool no it's great that you have that that network i'm sure that comes in handy yeah. so i mean that's the thing i know i mean from my own experience and from observing you guys and other creators i mean i know there's you know there's the artistic creative side that you need to cultivate right and find out mm -hmm. what your identity is in that right. respect but then there's also the business component of this and that's crucial that's key Right, to you, build your brand and build your audience. A lot of artists are like I was, very shy, not outgoing. You have to... Introverted. Yeah, you have to really... Step out of the shell and, you know, Develop engage, a voice, engage, engage people. people. When you're at a show, specifically a, you know, a con, a convention, and you're at your table, you want to engage people. You want to look up. Right. Make eye contact with folks and speak and start conversations and not just make it memorable for them right you know when they come to the shows you know they come there to have an experience and as an artist you're also there to have an experience besides mm -hmm. uh, you know doing your business um, right. so that's know. a that's a perfect jumping off point because like i said i really wanted to unpack your convention experiences and i was thinking about this i feel like and this ex extends beyond conventions it's really anything these days it is so hard <laughs> to get people's attention mm -hmm. and exceedingly challenging almost impossible to get people to take action. And mm. I feel like when you uh, kind of filter that through the lens of a convention, you see that unfold on almost every level, right? So if you're an organizer, you have to get people to get excited about your show, to buy a ticket, to show up. Mm -hmm. If you're a vendor, you hope people will stop by your booth and buy something. If you're a panel host, as I have been, mm -hmm. <laughs> you hope people will come into that room and sit down and listen and pay attention. Mm -hmm. And if you're a creator, right, you, you, you hope that someone's gonna stop by your table in Artist Alley that they'll engage with you. Maybe they'll they'll buy a book that you've brought. Maybe they'll they'll buy it. They'll buy a sketch from you. Or mm -hmm. if nothing else, even if they'll just take your card and then they'll go home and they'll go on your website or, right. or follow you on Instagram. Right? right. Right. Now, 
the organizers and the vendors who are listening to this might disagree with me, but I feel like, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, you probably have the heaviest lift in terms of getting that attention, especially on the show floor. Because I'm thinking about right. as a vendor, right? And this cuts both ways, that you're the fact that you're selling standardized items, right? So whether you're selling comics or pops or whatever, mm -hmm. it's challenging because other you're vendors are selling the, the same, same stuff, right? right. Mm -hmm. But I think it helps in that someone walking by, like they see it, there's that instant recognition. It's like, oh, I want that. I want that pop. I want that statue. I want right. that back it's, it's already made. It's created. It's packaged. Right. It's purchased and it's for resale. And you can buy it here or you could buy it online or you could buy it in other ways. Um, if you don't get it today, you know, you can get it at the next show. It's a different, it's a different mm -hmm. thing with artists, you know. Right. Art. Art. You it's know, a specialty. It. One of one. Yeah. It take. It takes time to create. Art. Takes time to create prints mm -hmm. to to uh, market yourself, put it all together. You know, just the creation part of it um, and the prep work that goes into putting yourself together for these shows is you right. know a, a process that could take you know quite some time yeah. for you to be ready to go out the door and. Yeah. You know, show yourself in the best light and see what works, what doesn't work. You know, this show is good, this show is bad, and you're taking a lot of risk, a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, expense. Um, Lynn is the, I'm going to throw this in, Lynn yeah, is yeah. like the king of bringing everything in the kitchen sink to a show as far as. I, uh, the, I've, I've tried well to streamline my process down to like next to nothing. That's what are the bare essentials. That's that I because need of lack show. of experience. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason. But I enjoy but it. Once, once, I, once I get streamlined, <laughs> I'll be yeah. streamlined. No, but I mean, your, your point is well taken. But, you know, where I was going with that was, you know, again, just in terms of getting people's attention, you know, someone walking down Artist Alley, I feel, and just from my own experience as a fan yeah. going to these shows, I feel like you often, for those fans who are looking to meet artists and potentially buy either original page or a sketch or something like that, they probably already have their list in, in mind of who they want to see. Right. And if you're not especially well-established, they're not huge, not huge names, it's, I mean, and again, I want to know what your experience yeah. has been. I mean, how easy or hard is it to get someone to stop? Mm -hmm. yeah, that, that really depends on the individual. But, you know, like you said, uh, seasoned professional artists who have a following, you know, people will come to them and, you know, they have their lists, they have their set prices they have their stuff already prepped and or you know they have a certain kind of style that they knock out quick mm -hmm. quick sketches for the fans and you know they do great um it's uh, us for us it's it's trying to engage people i think it's more of a marketing you know we're, we're performance we're art. performance artists <laughs> in some ways because when i see people walking down you know there's a hundred other more talented people than I am sitting right next to me, you know, down the aisle. And my job is to engage them, not annoy them, but to engage them and tell them, come over here. You know, this is what I do. You know, you might like it, you might not, but you know, I want them to have an experience mm -hmm. where they get to meet me. I get to meet them and they become fans, you know? Right. And once you have a fan, you know, unless you do something wrong <laughs> or vile, um, <laughs> They'll be yours for life, you know. Right. Um, especially when kids come by with their families, uh, the dads bringing their kids, um, you know, the cons or the moms, um, and you engage the kids and you know you give stuff to them. You you make them feel like it's a they're part of the show, and that's key, in my perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, how you know, and that's the most fulfilling it. thing I think having yeah. a young son myself and seeing and I have that you can provide that for kids and they see 
and you see their excitement. And then you see the reactions of the family the pa- members. The parents, and, right? You know, like, Sorry. they just had a really good time. They had a good experience because their kids are, you know, mm-hmm. going, oh, wow, this is cool. You know, I, I'm having an experience. I'm engaging with this artist um, who, you know, other artists might not have time or that other guy interest, wouldn't look up. Wouldn't look up or he's too busy, <laughs> right. you know. So how, and all right, so I like try. how do you get people's attention like that? So you mentioned looking uh, up, making eye contact. I mean, something as basic as sometimes, that. Sometimes, yeah, basic eye contact. Hello, you know, hey, I saw you, you know, from the corner of my eye, mm-hmm. looked at my stuff. Why don't you come here and engage, peruse, take a look. You know, you might like something, you might not, you know. They'll ask what's for sale and you say? Everything. Everything. <laughs> Anything and everything. <laughs> what would you like? <laughs> Um, and if you don't see it here, we're always taking commissions. Yeah, it, things at home. If we don't do it here at the show, you know, we work yeah, inside. You educate the home as well. them. A l- yeah. Educate them a little because you can't expect everybody who goes to these mm-hmm. events to understand from our perspective how hard we work or right. what we do. They assume it's all there. You know, you walk in and you see it all. It's finished and it's polished. It's printed. Mm-hmm. It's, it looks pretty, you know, but the it's daunting you, amount of work that goes into right. these things. When you go into a comic store, that's what you're used to seeing. Everything's made. It's there for you to select what you like. At a show, you get to peek behind the curtain. At a convention, you get to right. see the artist doing their thing. And I kind of like to engage people to come behind the curtain. You know, come sit, you know, while if I'm doing a sketch for you, come sit down next to me or stand next to me. You know, right. watch the process. Mm-hmm. Be a part of it, you know, have a better experience. I find that kind of... That's a big obstacle for a lot of artists, too, being comfortable having people watch you draw. Mm. Because you never know, like, the sketch might be phenomenal, or, you know, and that one might just be a dud, (laughs) you you know, but you can't, you know, show it one way or the other. But it's, again, it's your... Right. You know, it could be lots of different reasons. No, that's true, and it's a process that is typically done... In solitude, right? Like you're right. at home in your studio, you're drawing. And I, I, I joke about that with people at a con or a show or something. I said, I'm so used to working alone. You know, this is my chance to come out and be social with, with people. And I'm so used to being a hermit. I'm, I'm, always, <laughs> I'm always telling Nick that you have to be in beast man mode. You beast know, man kind mode. of rugged and <laughs> get out there and, yep. you know, talk yeah. to people, engage yeah. them, get, get their attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, just, you know, going back to, you know, being watched as, as you're drawing. I mean, it is a different dynamic. I think about it even in terms of the podcast. I mean, almost all of these are done, it, you know, it's just myself and the, and the participants mm-hmm. in the episode. And even if we're doing it at a store and the store's open and people are around, they're not really watching us. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But I've done a few that have, you know, at conventions where there's an audience and it's way different. Yeah. It's <laughs> a different beast now being here at the table with you. Yeah. It's a, doing this as, this as is opposed to listening to it. Yeah. This is different different feeling knowing that you're behind the mic and you have to speak as opposed to just kicking back and listening and enjoying (laughs) but i think that once you do it enough i think you become so you know used to the process that it it just second nature yeah no very true so i mean how often are you and i'm not like asking for hard numbers or anything like that Mm -hmm. but in terms of these people you're meeting at conventions i mean how often are are they becoming true fans where they're they're contacting you afterward and, and you know either buying art or, or commissioning something or even just following you i mean how, like do you track that i um uh, yeah um mm-hmm. I, I know nick has been at it a little longer than i have um but yeah I, I i noticed it right away that you know people would contact become you know followers and you know contrary to popular beliefs i i think that most artists who have you know the social media they do follow they do engage their you know clients or their fans um, I, I've seen it. I've seen 
you know, people buying more commissions and ordering mm -hmm. stuff and, you know, just becoming friendlier, you know, every time I, we were at a show or at a shop, you know, they, somebody will show up then, you know, Hey buddy, you know, it could be a little <laughs> interesting at times. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. Nick could elaborate yeah. on some of the characters, but you know, you have a lot. We love them all though. Yeah. It's we need some elaboration here. I'm going to bring corrections back into this. Yeah, that's, uh, that's why I tell I folks Nick. like repeat customers or quote unquote fans, because at this level, I don't, consider really like i have a fan base you know i don't want to sound are you kidding me <laughs> but uh i'll tell folks oh you're a repeat offender <laughs> you're back for more so more you know, punishment you're going down this road again so make you joke with people you know you're not it's yeah. performance art <laughs> yeah. so yeah a lot of a lot of uh fans or you make friends with fans and you see a lot of the same people over and over whether they come to see you at a store they come to the conventions that we do locally and thank god for them yeah you know? absolutely no i yep. think about that all the time it's like i'm always looking to grow you know my listenership looking to grow this new patreon page like trying to get people to sign up but it's like you, know, you are very grateful for the people who you know whether whether they've done that or they're listening like whatever it is that they're doing whether they listen to one episode or all of them you know, it is all appreciated and it's like, you know, you have to start somewhere. And so mm -hmm. like, I'm so grateful to have, you know, that base of people, however large that is. I wanted to jump back to social media for just a second, because this is something that I wrestle with. Do you find that there's, because you're both very active and you have sizable followings online, at least from my perspective. And, but do you ever feel a, a disconnect between the amount of activity you'll have on social media in terms of people liking your post versus action that they do or don't take <laughs> Big yes. 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 Can, you, can you talk yes. about that because this is something that again I, and i don't want it to sound like i'm you know like i'm whining here but like that's something that i mm -hmm. wrestle with myself where i see even like with this patreon thing right like i'm, I'm posting about it and like people are liking it yeah and some of them have joined but others haven't and it's like well i know you're seeing it but so i can you guys elaborate well, uh, on that well uh, okay let's start with, <laughs> well nick has the bigger following in terms of clients who actually you know engage him and actually uh -huh. place orders opposed to for me and he tends to be a little more aggressive with his postings but too aggressive sometimes but uh, <laughs> i'm doing too much i, I would take it all with a grain of salt that uh, uh, the online world is not the reality world. Right. so you know you can't expect True. you know you could have you know eighty thousand followers and you know yeah 10 people who buy from you, you know, mm -hmm. that's great. And you're like, well, what am I doing wrong? Well, nothing because, you know, maybe 50,000 of those people mm -hmm. aren't really, you know, they just, they're passers by and you have to accept it and deal with it mm -hmm. and hope that, you know, you get 500 people who are true fans and those are the ones who will stick with you, you know, and grow and that's the game. Yeah. That's a healthy outlook. It's, 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 you have to be yeah. positive because that's, you have to be, you know, that's just treat the know. internet like it's make believe sometimes. And it does come to, and it does, it, it will happen. It will, yeah, it will definitely happen. Cause I've seen it happen in other forms and other businesses. So, well, I mean, I think one thing that has helped me kind of, you know, hold, hold off too much frustration on that front is oh, okay. you don't have control over it. It's like the only thing mm -hmm. I can control is the yeah. product that I put out there. Just like with you guys mm -hmm. as well. That's key. That yeah. is that is key is you control your product and eventually the product will find its following as long as you post it out mm -hmm. there. You know, that's the key thing is how to get it all out there, you know, 
And thank God for the internet because oh yeah, I could, could you imagine years ago how Ten years hard ago, it would this, be? This right now would not be possible. I mean, if not <laughs> for the not internet, ten, like yeah. this yeah. would not there'd be yeah. no podcast. There'd be no podcast. <laughs> I would there'd still be, be no, a correctional officer probably. Well, you might be in, you know you might be working in an illustrative job <laughs> somewhere. You know, companies boonies, or something. Yeah. But, but but Nick, what's your what's your take on this this whole uh, this disconnect between um, you know kind of activity that you receive online versus action steps that people are actually taking? The economy. <laughs> Just because you like something doesn't mean you can afford to purchase something. Like True. I, can, I yeah. can be the biggest Batman fan or the biggest Spider-Man fan, but that doesn't mean I'm going to buy every <laughs> comic or go to every movie. And I it all depends on that. It, it you know this stuff is a luxury good, right? You know that's how you have to treat it. It's mm-hmm. a luxury good. It's you know you have extra disposable income mm-hmm. or cash, and this is your hobby, and you know you spend it on your hobby, right? Uh, you know, some people spend a lot and some people spend nothing. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have to ga- gear yourself to mm-hmm. be prepared for all kinds of people, you know, <laughs> come to you. And, you know. It sounds like you have good attitudes about this. Well, what's the alternative? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What's the point? <laughs> but yeah. on, this, on this thread of the social media, because, Nick, before you, you just said that, you know, you, you worry, like, oh, am I posting too much? How mm-hmm. do you balance that? Because, once Ooh. again, that's something that I kind of struggle with as well. I've had other friends in the arts that um, have tried to guide me towards, like, peak hours to post things when not to post. Like, this is not a good day to post or this is the best time to post. And I can't remember that kind of stuff for the life of me. So I just post, like, okay, uh, maybe I'll post something midday when people are hopefully on lunch breaks or afternoon fridays that's a whole science Saturday. to this right you just yeah tr- i try to think about things like that and sometimes i just go out and just post whenever i want willy-nilly it doesn't you know somebody will see it um we just have s- I, <laughs> I tend to create a lot of stuff you know and and it's I'm overwhelming like, to yeah, I'm like when did you do this lynn when sometimes did you have time I wonder, to do this? and i'm like should i post this now should i just take a snapshot yeah. and just throw it up there like people do you know should i show the lunch that i'm eating you know right <laughs> where i'm located <laughs> and i'm like no i can't do that well so every once in a while no i mean that is a real thing right because if all of your posts are just like hey buy my art right yeah, that can wear yeah, on people but if you exactly. have sort of those like slice of life things uh, you know, that, that can yeah. tend to be, you know, uh, on the more engaging side. Here's some pencils. Here's my cat. Here's my son playing with the cat. <laughs> that so, type of thing. <laughs> so oh, my take, goodness. Yeah, so you, you guys were just uh, uh, given a, a couple of shots there by <laughs> by our host. So, and yeah, a thimble. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Okay. Cheers. Sean. Cheers. What are you doing to us? I expected a bigger shot glass, Sean. This is... It'll do. <laughs> it's all right. We're recording this late at night, so it's... And, <laughs> I don't want this edited. Please leave this in. Beast man mode. <laughs> so take me back to the conventions. Okay. And specifically, I mean, can you give me a sense, and I'm listeners, of course, give us a sense of, I mean, like, how many shows are you typically hitting in a, in a year, I suppose, or convention season? Uh, like, how big a part of your n- enterprise is not it? Not as many as you might think, really. It's um, like, what, yeah, like, what are, <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, uh, when I see Very some, local. Well, so we met at ZapCon, right? Which is mm-hmm. the show put on by Zap Comics. Mm-hmm. Like, right. this is a store that has its own show. Right. I talked about Which it on one great. of the one of the after great shows show. that I did. We haven't really discussed it in the in the main episodes here, but uh, yeah, you guys were there, set up as in the, the artist alley section. Yeah. Uh, I was there. I did a panel with with Sean Hendricks here from Fat Moose. Yep. We talked about Batman White Knight. That was fun. Ah, uh, so yep, I remember it was a fun show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we had a blast. Yeah, I, I, that was the I second like, annual. I like that. 
So we met there, yeah. and then I saw you guys very recently, and I might have filmed you a little bit for my comic shop country at Garden State Comic yeah. Fest. Awesome. Another Jersey show. <laughs> you got our good side. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it came out well. I'm still, I haven't really gone through that footage too, <laughs> awesome. but, it, but it came out well. So the, the thing is, there's so many shows out mm-hmm. there, and, you know, uh, being fairly new to the, the convention circuit in terms of doing these shows, um, you know, you got to jerry pick because. You know, we're not big names. We don't get invited. You know, nobody pays for our hotels or that type of that stuff. That would be glorious. That would be glorious. So if anyone's listening, tables. Check that out. Well, let's break this down. <laughs> I'm, this is, yeah, so, let's break this down because I think it's important to kind of. And it's funny, like this. Like I'm interested in this. Hopefully, listeners are as well. All but right, all right, let's get I, to the breast. Well, when I had, yeah, no, seriously, because <laughs> yep. like when I had Tom Rainey on, he kind of laid this out, and Brandon got into mm-hmm. this a little bit as well. Where, and this is my understanding, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but sort of, you know, you're starting out, right, at at the beginning level of of your career, and, you know, you are requesting space at these shows, and you're paying for a table, right? Right. And kind of as you work your way up, you might get invited to a show, so you don't have to pay for the table, but you might still have to pay for your expenses, and then as you get further and further along, shows are actually, like, flying you out and putting you up and things. I mean, is that generally kind of the the structure? That's the vibe I get. Yes. Talking to people? Correct. And on the level I'm currently at, I guess Lynn is too, like, we tend to pay for our own tables and transportation and uh and one of the reasons you know nick and i work really well together and you know sharing a table or splitting the costs and you know you might get a smaller smaller table but you know you're still maximizing the effort you know you're still putting in the same amount of effort you're still engaging people in the same way you just have three feet less yeah you don't need a 20 foot table um you know, with you all the stuff I bring, <laughs> probably do. But that, <laughs> no, that'd be it's, nice. it's about what you do with what you have and the amount of space you have. You don't have to have a a wall of prints, and if you have enough initial artwork and prints to on your table, artwork to attract that initial attention from yeah, passersby. To get your by. eye, you know, with people who are walking by to get their their engagement because you know everything mm-hmm. is visual. You know, you're walking in there, you're getting stimulated by everything, and you know. You want to be eye-catching, mm-hmm. so so maybe have a few popular drawings of you know popular characters, mainstream right. DC so, and Marvel things. Yeah, so like back to, yeah. back to this, uh, you know, the struggle of you know mm-hmm. f- for for us, you know, it's it's key that it's affordable and it's you know profitable at some level. You know, we don't want to leave there with twenty dollars after sitting. You know, in traffic for yeah. for two hours, <laughs> all right, and driving driving all the way out <laughs> in lunch and this, and you know, the show organizers just don't promote you or don't you know don't really care. They're there to make their money. Um, you know, people don't come in, and you know the people who do come in, you know, spend a little bit here or there. You know, and it, it's still engaging. You still you know try to make new fans, but you know you're there to make some money so you could continue this process so you could do it again right. and again. And, you know, hopefully you grow, you know, and it gets better for you and It's gotten to the point now for me where I do just as well online as I do all year long at shows, like hmm. uh, uh, commission-wise, I mean. Yeah, Nick has, we sat at a show, and he goes, odd. I just made X amount of money, 
And you're online. like, online, he goes, I could have been making a lot more money being at home, uh, you know, than being at the show. I go, but you wouldn't have engaged with anybody there. <laughs> I want to unpack this a little bit more. I find this stuff so interesting. And, you know, just in terms of this cost benefit, benefit analysis, it's like, even if you are one of these creators who is invited and flown out and put up at a hotel, you're sure. still engaging in that analysis because your time at that show is time away from the right. drawing table, right? Right. Essentially, yeah. But but for you guys especially where you're it, you're paying your expenses so. it's and, more so right yeah. so the show really needs to be worthwhile for you mm -hmm. yeah otherwise we you know you can't do the next show and you know it's not worth you yeah. know I my family we have a uh, side business uh, besides working and comics and us we also run a business and when I'm at the, on weekends when I'm not at the business I'm at the show you know so <laughs> you know my wife calls me and goes how's it going. <laughs> I say, it's going great. You know, and she goes, oh, I, we just made X and Y and Z it online. And, all. and I, you know, your jaw drops and you're like, why am I doing this? Because <laughs> I love this stuff. This is, you know, long term, yeah. you know, you hope that this right. grows and you develop. And, you know, when your other businesses don't work out and yeah. whatever, you know, you could still do this when you're 80, 90, if you could hold a pencil <laughs> or, you right. know, engage with fans. And it's a passion, yeah. you know. I have no other talents. I don't know yeah, what else I would go. do. Would I go back to working in prison? No, I don't. That's that's the goal is to stay out of prison for me. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, 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 <laughs> Nick does not want to do prison tattoos no, anymore. No, <laughs> I can't do that much. anymore. <laughs> did you, this might be like a goofy question, but did you ever share art? Like, did you have your art with you when you were at the prison? Did you share it with your coworkers? Any, or even, any prisoner coworkers? Or even uh, inmate? I mean, I don't know. Inmate. I tended to work night shifts. So I would have a lot of time uh, alone between like supervising rounds that you would make. And uh, I'd have a desk and the inmates could see you. So if I was sketching, they'd be like, hey, Justice, what are you working on? You know, some talented, it's a shame, some talented people also. Yeah, in, sure. in prison, yeah. in jail, you know, and the, right. if you had just pursued that path, my goal is to get out of here and pursue that path. But you know, if well, you, life has its twists and yeah, turns, and it would have been different for you if you had, you know. yeah. But yeah, getting back to this. Womp, no, womp, I mean, like, I brought it down. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I brought the mood down. Debbie Downer. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp, womp. You know, going back to to this day job of mine. So we are at the point of the year, fall time, where we typically engage in the bulk of our recruitment, where. We go out on the road to recruitment events mm -hmm. at undergrad schools across the country. I literally, uh, just this past week, I was up at SUNY Binghamton. The setup of these recruitment fairs is not dissimilar at all from right. Artist Alley. Mm -hmm. Rows of tables, law school reps standing behind the tables with brochures and giveaways right. and things like that, hoping that these prospective students who are walking by will stop at our table. It's the same. And it's ask the same us about game. The school. It's, it's this, all yeah. the same game. I yeah. I work for a company also that does conventions and they set up booths for you know other things besides yeah, trade shows and all that type of stuff. And I see how it works. You know, it's it it's a big big effort. You know, and it's the same thing. You know, whatever business it is, from pitching electronics to food products to you know retail items or whatever it's it's the same thing it's just yeah. that the you know crowds are a little different you know it's, you're engaging on whatever it is that you're selling you know whatever the event is from tattoo shows the horror conventions um i love going to horror conventions because it's a, a little bit of a different crowd but very similar mm -hmm. it you know overlaps um so just speaking of other types yeah. of shows would you guys like to help me uh, give a shout out to uh, one of our episode sponsors here? Sure. Yeah. Because this is kind of cool. 
so uh, a couple of Jersey guys were here at a, at a Jersey shop, and uh, our episode sponsor is a family of mostly New Jersey film festivals. Oh, right? okay. So that's kind of cool. Awesome. So uh, these are uh, sponsors that came to us by way of Patreon, and so we just want to give them a little shout-out. So we have a family of film festivals, a trio. We have Brightside Tavern in Jersey City in March, Point Lookout Film Festival. This is not a Jersey one. This is on Long Island in April. And Hang On To Your Shorts Film Festival <laughs> in Asbury Park in May. Uh, are you familiar with, with Asbury Park those shows? is like happening. I get yeah. a lot of stuff from Asbury Park festivals. I haven't been there in a few years, but and I love the, the vibe of it. Yeah. I need to get back. Yeah, there. Asbury Park's a cool area. So I was at, at the, the uh, Hang On To Your Shorts and Brightside Tavern Film Festivals. My second documentary played at both of them. And, and I'm not just saying this because they're, they're one of our sponsors. Like, if this weren't true, I just wouldn't say anything. They are well-run festivals, just like conventions, right? They're, they're a lot, and they're not all created equal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, these fests in particular, they were well-attended and well-run, and they promoted them well, and they got people out. They got people in seats. I've been at film festivals where literally it's, it's been me and my wife and the Crickets. audience. <laughs> and it's like, it's great to have a private screening. Would have yeah. been awesome to like watch this with some other people. There's a great little shop um, called the Groovy Graveyard. Have you ever heard of it? No. Uh, it's, like a, it's like a vintage record and comics and toys place. In Asbury? In Asbury Park. Cool. Really cool place. Cool. Just plugging in it. <laughs> yeah. No, right well, on. But so anyway, so for, for this trio of film festivals, you can you find them all on Film Freeway, Without a Box, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And we have a couple of discount codes. So if you're a filmmaker like this guy uh, and you want to get your work out there, you can use the discount code SJRBRIGHT2019 for the Brightside Tavern Film Festival and SJRHOTYS2019 for Hang On To Your Shorts. And then uh, they also do a podcast. There's the official Hang On To Your Shorts podcast. You can get that on iTunes and also a shareduniverse.com. That's the Kevin Smith Podcast Network. That's their mm-hmm. uh, like their studio. Uh, yep. And people can actually book recording time there, which is kind of yep. neat. It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, so they do their Hang On To The Shorts podcast. You can get that there. So mm-hmm. uh, we do want to thank them for uh, being a sponsor and really encourage people. Again, if you're a filmmaker and you want to submit your work, Again, I really do recommend it. And even if you're just a movie lover and you want to check out some cool independent film, there's some really great finds at these festivals. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to check them out. Oh, I'd love to. Just like the type of people that go to festivals like that, those are the same types of people that support and come to see us at shows because we're the little guy. You right. know, we're not top tier. Not yet. Nick. Not yet. Beast you know, man mode. Come on, Nick. <laughs> Maybe one day. But one day. It's yes. here, baby. <laughs> Tomorrow. <It's here. laughs> so let's gotta t- have a positive attitude. Oh, yeah. Gotta, you know. Stay positive. Yes. Well, take me back to this cost-benefit analysis. Because, again, like at my job, like that's what we engage in, right? We're mm-hmm. deciding whether or not we're going to send a rep to one of these events, pay the registration fee, pay for airfare, uh, pay for a hotel. Like we're trying to decide, well, <laughs> is it worth it? And the students we're meeting at these events, it's like, well, if we don't meet them there, are we still going to get them? Because if we are, maybe we don't need to be there. So, like, that's kind of like mm-hmm. what we're, we're thinking about. Well, but you've got to... Well, again, you got to pick and choose your venue and who, you know, who's going to what shows. Because I'm sure you've been to events where there's like not a lot of interesting people or people who, you know, attended there. Sure. And others were like, oh, my God, we're swamped. Never, you know, this 100%. Is that's exactly. And yeah, how yeah. do you gauge between them? You know, you go, oh, well, we got to do this next year. And next year it's a dud where it was successful, you know. And you're like, oh. Is it worth it? In the long run, I think it is worth it to go to, you know, as many shows as you can. But again, you know, you got to pick. We, we mm-hmm. jerry pick, you know. We try we try to stay a little more local unless, um, I guess, we have a 
invite or you know there's a group of us that would go to a different venue a little further out and Mm -hmm. you know otherwise it's just not worth it so you typically stay close to home at at this point yeah Yeah. i mean i'd love i'd love to go to you know the Chicago show, the, you know, San Francisco, my friends keep telling me who live out there, like, hey, you got a place to stay, you, you know, I'm sure I'll meet a bunch of friends who are at the shows, but I'm like, yeah, I got to schlep all that stuff, yeah. I got to <laughs> take my portfolio, I got to yeah. take anything that I'm selling, you know, mm-hmm. I got to create a ton of stuff, and I got to ship it over there, you know, or take it in, uh, to me, it's almost like, oh, it's not worth the headache <laughs> at this point, uh, who knows, yeah. who knows. It, it's amazing to me that over the past couple of years doing like local conventions um, that I'm doing just as well on Instagram and online. If I, if I find I can deflect and have business there, if, if not at a show, it's some, I some, I'm somehow able to, it's a different, it's a different tool. It's it's important to be at these events because you know, you engage with people Mm -hmm. and you hopefully that, you know, you get that one special fan or, you know, who knows, you might get more work out of it. You know, mm-hmm. somebody might walk up to yeah. you and say, yep. hey, I'm a rep for this or I'm a, you know, here's a commission piece that, you know, some of, some of the people that I've, you know, become friendly with, I met at these shows and it, it's important. So I want to circle back to the whole networking aspect of this. Cause I think that's really yeah. important. Uh, just as far as, you know, deciding which shows to, to do and things like that and getting into the shows. I mean, can you just give me a ballpark sense? Like what, how much are these tables going for? Like, let's take Garden State Comic Fest, for example. If you, I mean, if you don't mind sharing, like what is it? What is a table at that show? I forget. Because we're, talk, you know, we're talking uh, about like the I mean, cost it and could, benefit. It could, it could range for, it, it depends. I mean, if you're a, like, you know, a store or vendor, you know, they, they could pay thousands, you know, or mm-hmm. they... You know, if table it could go from you know, anywhere from what's six hundred to maybe four hundred to four six hundred easy, depending on how much table a space you cheaper, want. Cheaper, depending on the right. show and what they expect. Um, yeah. So that's so something you like a six hundred dollar table, and you would split that. So the goal is to make your money back. So hopefully, you get and commissions. <laughs> get commissions and do things on site at the show to it, make a little profit. That's what. That's the key: is to make enough to cover your expenses um and then you know hopefully make enough to (laughs) to generate more business generate more business and to reinvest to the next show and to the next show and hopefully you know as any business it grows and grows but you know it it could be you know it's expensive to do you know say you have five shows at 400 500 dollars and you know you go to one show you make 20 dollars and your costs were you know six seven hundred dollars you're like what am i going to do for the next two shows i'm gonna rethink it and and stay home and you know try to make money that way done local lynn too we've done separately and together local store appearances in the jersey area and done just as well at a one day saturday sketch day as well as at a a, a comic convention so well i'm not (laughs) i mean well i mean one aspect though is that when you're I mean, even if they have a few other artists, right? You're still not competing with a whole right, row right. Of, of other creators, sure. right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that you have it. Yeah. There is a focus. competition yeah. element to it because, I mean, you know, people who come to these shows, they only have so much dollars to mm-hmm. spend, you know, besides buying their vinyl pops, getting their, you know, autographs, getting that one commission from the top artist, or you know, if they can, uh, getting their books graded, that type of yeah. stuff. You know, um, you know. It's, it's a slugfest between <laughs> with all of us, but uh, you know it, it has its dramas. Um, oh well, you gotta you but, gotta elaborate on that. Yeah, but you you would think you know some artists you know try to do 
different things to try to you know cultivate business mm-hmm. from other artists and you know that type of stuff does go on but at the when same you say time, cultivate you mean like uh, steal yeah, no, <laughs> no 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 let's rewind pull um, influence from pull influence and kind of you know if you're if you're sitting you know you have 30 40 artists in a row you know it's important that each one is different but if a lot of people are the same thing and everybody has the same spider-man venom drawing yeah. you know this guy sells it for ten dollars. That guy sells it for five, or that one's fifty, a hundred. You know, gotcha. like, you know, it's it's kind of the race to the bottom, which I don't buy into. I mean, you know, yeah, it's it's hard to deal with. You know, you're trying you're trying to give your fans something, and you're trying to make something. So the key is, you know, I find that that I'm there to engage to people and. You know, I'm tr- I'm trying to be. You know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, well, I mean, yeah, but like trying to be sociable, right? And uh, yeah, trying to be accommodating is the word. Okay. okay, accommodating to you know everybody's abilities and you know what they can pay, what they can't. Mm. You know, because I, I I want people to have a good time. And you know, not to not to throw shade or dig yeah. up dirt or anything like that, but and because you know we had a oh, I mean, we, no 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 I mean like <laughs> no, we, there's no dirt. <laughs> we mentioned ZapCon and we had a great time, but I mentioned this because I mean you, Nick, you posted about this about uh, sort of an incident with another artist. Oh, cool. So what what exactly <laughs> happened there? Uh, just a, a touch of disrespect. I felt something I would not do to someone else, and I felt a little like it was a personal jab. Is Lynn and I were we were sitting beside each other at a table, at the past yeah the last ZapCon we were seated next to each other Lynn and I yep, uh, just another local artist decided to protest his seating arrangement next to us, and decided to uh, shine and set up in front of us, sort of you know prop banner up and everything in front of us it, it ultimately if people knew we were where we were located it wouldn't really hinder the the flow of people coming to see us but i just felt it was a personal jab a little bit because what's not you know to like sitting next Nick to has us a lot of passion <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have to shine and set up in front of someone you know it's just kind of no I well, this is this is also an ego driven business yeah. you know like you know somebody tells you oh look at your art it's so fantastic you know or, or you know i sell x amount i'm friends with this guy i'm friends with that guy i know yeah. this guy you're like i don't care <laughs> i don't care i'm here to draw that everybody's yeah. special that's the way i treat it you know there's so yeah i gave up know, on I, it i was like you know what i'm a fan just as much as yeah. i am a, you know creator yeah, so yeah, I was going to uh, ask if you saw any key. redress or if you uh, just kind of let, let it lie. To, yeah, let it go. Water it off go. a duck's back. Just let it go. You know, I came to the conclusion very quickly. Like, it's ultimately it's not going to it. hurt yeah. people coming to see me or Lynn or anyone in that corner. Because we're all so different. Everybody yeah. has their own unique stamp. You know, mm-hmm. and we posted about it, though. Yeah. yeah he, was, he was a little bitter, Betty, for hey, a little listen, while. I, sometimes I sometimes you just can't help yourself. <laughs> Believe me, I get it. Because <laughs> I'm generally reserved and quiet, and I, and I know, like, you know. Take no I, guff from no one, Nick. Yeah, but I don't like to take guff. And, right. and And when I do, people are like, whoa, what? What's going on, Nick? You know, you're, it's not like you. It's the corrections <laughs> officer. He's going to correct it. Yeah. I mean, have you had similar happenings at, at any other shows where, you know, either you let it go or maybe you had to get the organizer involved or you or you just confronted the, the individual, the, only, the offending party? That's the only instance that stands out to me. Yeah, I, I generally don't have 
yeah bad experiences yeah, nah. these things. Uh, the, the worst experience is a you know the vendor uh the organizer of the show just maybe doesn't promote you as much yeah. or you know I, it's understandable because they have so much lifting to do with so many people and things going on and you kind of want equal treatment you yeah. know and you want you know as these new all these conventions you know they're they're geared towards other things than just the artists these days um, I guess back in the day um, it was a little more comics friendly a little more artist friendly now it's mm. you know there's a lot of things going on at each show and Multimedia, multimedia. Well, you know that's that's, that's been that takes away. That takes yeah. away, I guess. Right. You know, and you kind of hope that the vendor of the shows, that the, the organizer, you know, kind of makes everybody equal, equally feel equally, and you know, most of them do. Most of them do, but sometimes it gets. And that's crazy. that is one benefit about Promotion. local shows, I suppose. Uh, like Garden State Comic Fest, East Coast Comic Con, great two shows. They are comic conventions more so than. A huge multimedia experience like like New York, you know. Right. There's a lot to pull your attention. I love that. I the like other. the New York shows, but yeah. you know, for different reasons. Yeah. Know, well, you know, I like the other shows. But that's something I was going to ask about because that's definitely been a theme this season. It's come up in almost every episode. Uh, you know, well, two things. One, you know, that there are so many shows. <laughs> two, that you know, a lot of them. You know, the, the focus has shifted a bit from being mm-hmm. solely, or more than a bit, uh, from being solely on comics to incorporate again more multimedia, pop culture, cosplay is a huge thing. So yeah, I was kind of curious from your perspective. It's like on top of. You know, maybe not being as well known in the industry as some of the other people in Artist Alley trying to get their attention. I mean, then right. you're just you're just competing for that that comic attention. Yeah, it's like a small to begin with. It's like a small slice of the you mm. know ocean pie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Drop. <laughs> I want that drop. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's. I mean, there's so many shows, and it's not just comic shows. There's horror shows. There's Baltimore is going on this weekend. Baltimore. Yeah, as Baltimore we are, Com- I just got a phone as we're call recording this. Yeah, Baltimore Comic Con yeah. is. is we're happening. close to that. How realistically, you know, the logistics. We yeah, we could have probably hopped in the car and, and then done that show. for the for but, a couple of days. But yeah, I, I got family. You got this. Hotel. You got that's right. <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a toss up. I mean, I'd love to do it. Yeah, probably will do it eventually. It's just mm-hmm. you know scheduling. As far as the, the this promotional aspect, I think that's an interesting point because I've seen on on a number of of uh, convention websites, you know, they'll have their list of creators, and some creators will be listed on the quote unquote main section with photos, and right, all that. And then right, there's right. All, sometimes like a list of of secondary creators who and, are and, who are all or additional the creators. Tier or the third yeah. tier, you know, those here's your C listers. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's the internet. There is yeah. limitless amount of. HTML yeah, web like, how pages. Do you feel you could, about something you like that. You could throw it. You could ah. put their picture. You know. Yeah. I mean, I. I mean, I'm not I, the most I, photogenic, but I would appreciate <laughs> it. <you know? laughs> I know. Um, how do I feel? Um, I feel. I feel that it doesn't hurt them to you know promote other other mm-hmm. other people and give them a shot. You know. Um, why not? So uh, in terms of being promoted, right? Like listing on the website, right, would be one way. Yeah. What, what are the what are the other sorts of things that you're looking for from a convention organizer? It's more of driving eyes onto your artwork. You know, or it's more of meeting like-minded individuals and mm-hmm. possibly getting more work so that more yeah. people could see it and that we could, you know, communicate and engage with fans and mm-hmm. You don't you know, continue wanna, the process and grow and evolve. And if you have all these other things at your convention, celebrity signings, uh, whatever, cosplay contests, 
you don't want all of that to take all of the attention away from Artist Alley. Because you want a strong Artist Alley. Yeah. If you're a comic convention, period. I think you want to drive the traffic through. And it also depends on what kind of shows. Like I can understand the big shows. You know they, you know they're they're geared for mass market, mass mm-hmm. people. You know people who have no concept of who the artist yeah. who drew that Spider-Man or that Batman are, even the famous ones. You know. Um, how they gonna know who you are unless mm-hmm. you know they just walk by and they like your stuff but th- there's a place for that and but there's also a place for smaller shows where you know local artists you know should be promoted should mm-hmm. be engaged and should have a voice and opportunity to show their stuff and i think a lot of shows do try um you know it's just at the end of the day it's all about the dollar you know yeah. it's a how how much business can they make? And haven't been beating the, the pavement now for the past couple of years doing this locally. I wonder if it's like this in other areas of the country. Are we like in a primo spot, the I tri-state area? I think we are. What, what I'm doing now, what Lynn is doing now, would we be able to do this in Arizona or Timbuktu? You know. <laughs> well, I'm friendly with a couple of artists who you know live in places where their local comic shop is about a three-hour drive. You know, that's a comic shop where they get their (laughs) comics. So when they go to conventions, it's a grind, you know, for them. And they're still making some kind of living at it. Okay. And, you know, you you wonder, you go, oh, we are in a lucky sweet spot here, you know. Yeah, I mean, the Jersey comic and con scene, you know, the shop and con scene, I think, is strong. And you are are. located strategically in terms of, again, getting to a New York show, getting to a Baltimore. You know, you you do have that. Getting to Heroes Con, I mean, that's a longer drive, right? But, like, you could do that. Yeah, that's a show that Mm -hmm. I want to do in the near future. So you've mentioned now, we've talked about, you mentioned uh, three uh, Jersey shows. Any other conventions that you regularly hit? Or maybe one that you went to once and you're like, not doing that again. Oh. Yeah, hey. oh, right after the East Coast, we did one. Where yeah, it was together in Long Island. That was, that yeah, was, that was quite the. Well, can you say what, what that one was? Yeah, yeah. I don't even I don't remember even the name of it. <laughs> I mean, we showed up and we we, we were set up with, the, with some other artists there, and everybody was like, "This is this is kind of like a nice, nice, nice setup, nice, nice place, nice, nice place. hotel." Uh, uh, but then. It, as we're sitting there, we're like, "This place is like dead," and yeah. you see such random. Random people show up, and one one person came by and said, "Oh yeah, there's a big comic show right down the road." And we're like, "What? <laughs> like, <laughs> let's pack it up, let's move over there." I mean, you're like, "Well, why did they have it on the same day? And why yeah. didn't they promote this a certain way? Why are they wasting my time and their Nick's time, and everybody uh, else's time?" In retrospect, and, and, I should have known better. And, and Lynn was a team player. I'm it team went along player. with me. Well, you so got to have like, your busts. To yeah, have your, you know, exactly. So, so every experience. Yeah, it adds up. So well, so like when you're deciding, like obviously now there are shows that you go to regularly. You know what that experience has been like before, and you hope that it'll be the same or better, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're considering whether or not to take on a new show, what is the sort of research you do? Like, who do you talk to? What is the the type of information that you're looking for? I tend to I ask. Well, for the local area, I I tend to ask the stores, the owners. Uh, It's key to engage, you know, your local comic shop. Yeah, be a supporter of because you know. That's the focal point. If of you have a large comic shop in your area that travels to conventions as well as, as dealers, they'll give you the skinny. Yeah, they'll, they'll let you know like there's a good crowd. There's it's right. it's worth it. Yeah. You know, people are engaging, you. buying. It's you worth know, it. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> there's some fans. That, you yeah. know, of the and other artists. You know, we talk to tell us oh, that show's good. That show that's uh, dead. Mm-hmm. Don't don't do that. You know, 
if I can't make this much money at a show, I won't even buy this. You know, this has been said to me. I'm not saying this. Yeah, I, so I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know if I can clear that much. I, I know to avoid. And there's other shows that I'd there. like to do, right? Like right. there's more other convention types. So, so, you know, like I tend to, my art tier tends to gear more towards, you know, horror and that type of stuff. Um, so doing horror conventions, you know, there's a different crowd and mm-hmm. it could potentially could be more lucrative than doing comic shows for True. me. Yep. Opposed to maybe Nick, who's more geared towards the comic. You know, so I'm kind of gauging to doing those shows. And it's there's odd. a lot of them. And they yeah. all overlap, especially. Yeah. That <laughs> seems like it'd be a good fit for you. Yeah. So it's like, do I do that? Do I, you know, yeah. where do where does my marketing dollar go? To? <laughs> I do a lot of, like I was saying earlier when we started, I do a lot of sketch cards. And I've sold sketch cards of, uh, you know, comic properties at comic shows. That's difficult, though. I would hope there would be more of a crossover fan base. Like, if you like comics, maybe you also like these Other cards elements. that I do that isn't a sketch cover, but it's a smaller piece of art. Original art is original art. Again, yeah. it's a luxury good, and yeah. everybody you know, has their thing. You can't assume that everyone knows everything about everything, either. Just because you know something, they might, they might be completely off their radar. That's our job to educate them. Right, we're there at the bingo. Shows. That's yeah. where the um, performance art comes into play. Yeah, and right. You so I want to I want to jump in a second. I want to come back to what your dis- get a little bit more into your display and that performance art aspect. But you know we're recording this uh, just a few days before uh, New York Comic Con starts, and this episode will drop on October third, the day before New York Comic Con. <laughs> so uh, you guys will not be there at Artist Alley correct but we will be wandering around yeah you will be there as, as guests Wander. delivering commissions that's right that's, taking commissions uh, if you bump sh- into us don't tell everybody <laughs> was was getting a table in artist alley something that you entertained and pursued i've pursued it i've pursued it the past several years and it just never happens you get like on a waiting list you get frustrated um they want your credentials so i've done this independently comic wise i've done this side gig that's comic related with the cards and Sometimes it's just, just not enough or, you yeah. know, you don't know exactly what they're looking for. Sometimes yeah, season seasoned vets aren't, you know, yeah, that, that even big hoopla this year. Well, I know there was a, there yeah, was that a, was that, that seemed to be more of a, was that a technical error that uh, another but, a yeah. number yeah, of creators it, were denied? I believe yeah, it was, but, but initially, but it's an error, you know, yeah. you can't, it made people question it. like, Whoa, <laughs> initially. Now I remember that it was a big thing. Yeah. If anyone's not familiar, you know, you, you can, yeah. you can search. There were a bunch of creators who were denied uh, professional uh, passes, right? Mm-hmm. It's a great show. Uh, I mean, but it's definitely, you know, a slugfest. It's a, it's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's a grind, you know, it's a couple, what well, was it? Four yeah. Or how five much? days. And, you know, if you're an individual artist who's just setting up, you know, you got to guard your booth, your stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you can't walk around, you got to have, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to take in, especially when you're, you know, an independent artist. What does a table go for there? Oh, uh, that's hard. You've not even gotten to <laughs> yeah, that. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I'll ask and get back to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, that's, that's It's online. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you could, no, I anybody could look secret. these prices up, you know. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's but cool seeing, like, classmates of mine that are working in the industry. And there's a little jealousy that plays in. I'll admit that, like, wow, it's cool they got a table. I'm happy for them. But what more do I have to do at this point? You know, how much harder do I have to work? You know, I feel like I'm... Sometimes it, it, the frustration grinds you down, and you just pick yourself back up, and you keep going. And you got to take one, the hits. Yeah, you take the hits. You roll with the punches. Yeah. 
Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It'll happen. <laughs> you know, the frustration <laughs> isn't about just, you know, if you want a table and you want to pay yeah. for the table, you know, you, you work and you make your money, you pay yeah. the table and you yeah. set up and, you know, grind. But, you know, yeah. when you calculate all the traveling, hotel, I mean, I've, I've gone to the New York show and other New York shows, um, you know, the, what was it used Big to be? Apple. Big Apple. Com- back in the day, via Penta Hotel. Yeah. Or, uh, I used to go to those shows. That was actually one of the first shows I've ever gone to when I was a kid. Um, I used to love that show. Yeah. And, um, you know, as it grows and evolves, I, I remember when we went to Jack- Jacob Javits Center for the first shows, and we were like, oh, this is awesome. Artist Alley was fantastic. You're like, it was comic related, you know? It was like, it's like a kid in the candy store, you know, you get to see all your fan, all the, all the artists, you, you fanned out, you know, now it's like you walk in and you're just overly stimulated. You, you don't know what to look at, where to go. And, you know, I have a different kind of philosophy on it. I kind of just take a deep breath and just wander around and just enjoy my time. And I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, you want to talk to the right people uh, if you're in the business and you want to, you know, meet your friends and, you know. It's a fun time. You just got to, you know, prepare. So you, you need to prepare. Yeah. So mentally. you can still enjoy it, yeah. even though it's, I, I, I mean, it's work have for you. It's work. Yeah. It's work. But if you're working it, you know, it's a different, right. it's a different creature. It's what's stressful. the What's the prep that you do? For what? The for, show? Yeah. Oh. But depend, uh, what, what prep do I do? Wear good shoes. Have a breath mint. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure your batteries Bad. charge. Have a, you know, have a backpack. Have bags. <laughs> if you're going to buy stuff. Um, if you're going to go hang out with, uh, you know, friends and, or, or artists, you know, do you mean have a base. as behind the table or, or yeah, that's, yeah. that's key. Question. Either way, I was thinking more behind the table. So oh. kind behind of the going table. back to, you know, what your what your what goes into your display, oh. like, well, how do you set up? What do you set up? And then, yeah, what, like, what is the, what is the prep that goes into, like, what's on your checklist? My first thing on my checklist was to everything have a decent banner. Yeah, the not something taped up to the front of your table, falling off onto the floor, but have something that looks, you know, professional and clearly states who you are, and some examples of your artwork to a larger format like that. You helps want to have an eye-catching right. display, just so that people, you know, see it and go, "Oh, what's that?" You know, because you know people are walking through. There's a lot of stimulation, and there's a lot of things in their eyes, and if they catch something colorful or something, you know, they it's you know that one second where they look at you and you know if you happen to engage their you know reaction you'd be like what's going on back there anyway yeah it's <laughs> very rowdy here at uh, yeah, Sean's comics. getting a little rowdy Jesus. he's passionate <laughs> um, anyway so it, it, when somebody you know you catch their glance and you can engage hey you know come over here don't be you know shy you know take a look you know the pressure um it's very important to have a good display. Um, I've streamlined it to what I know I can and I change it up a realistically expect to sell. If I have original artwork that I've pre-made, mm-hmm. these are the art supplies I'm going to limit myself to. This is all I need. I need this pen. I'm still learning pencil, from Nick. <laughs> these markers, maybe this watercolor set, maybe a short box of like sketch covers and blank cards. I bring the like whole that. studio. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and that, that's, oh. that's what Nick's <laughs> like. I don't need anything. Nick was so, like, I don't bring it. And I have a little <laughs> trolley. I set everything on that I can, you know, hmm. easily get in and out preferably in one trip. So I don't have to do a lot of back and forth. And, uh, cause I stopped Lynn and other artists probably have a better time selling prints. 
people buy my original art, but when it comes to prints, I can make a stack of prints and they just sit around and collect dust for years. And people want my original art. It seems like not prints. Other people, that's fine if that's your thing, if that's what you collect. If you're an artist and you sell those, more power to you. I, you know, it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I look at prints as, you know, it's it's just another business card in yeah. some ways. Sure. Um, yeah, sure. It, yeah, I'd like to make a profit on it so mm. I could make more for, for the fans, but... But you guys, I think you're, you're, you know, you're probably a good, you know, you're a good team, right? Because Len brings, you bring everything, right? And yeah, if you're I'm a, little, a little more bare bones, but if you're sharing a table, yeah, it helps. that yeah. actually helps. It, it, it helps. Because Len will forget an eraser or something simple, you know, a yeah. little thing. And I'll borrow a marker or a color I need, like, hey, do you have a, a pink number 007? I have it. <laughs> Here you go. Because <laughs> I just brought the studio with me. I, I, I have to learn. It's just... It's the process of like, okay, well, I don't know what somebody would walk up to me and say, you know, like, I just want a fast pencil sketch. Oh, great. Uh, a pencil, an eraser, number two. Here we go. Yeah. Da, 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 yeah. da. Um, and somebody walks up and goes, I want, you know, a colored blah, blah, blah. Well, you know. Can you draw a Wolverine fishing with the Hulk? And they're in, you know, with this coloration. <laughs> and you're like, what? um, okay, well, what, you know, you, you gauge and. As time goes on, you f- you feel out what you need and what you don't need and what will work and what people will accept from you and not. I tend to, you know, if somebody asks me for a pencil uh, sketch cover, for instance, I end up inking it, you know, and doing a color wash on it or a wash just right. because I want to give 150%, mm-hmm. you know, and make them feel like they, they really got something, you know, instead of just like, right. Right. you know whiz through it so as far as as um you know again what you're selling there so you will bring some completed pieces but then you'll also do sketches what what do you offer like what types of sketches um and like what sort of prices um the the usual i mean requests um headshots you know folk you know that usual usual things that artists like bust full body full body you know i tend not to like to do full bodies just because it's it's time consuming and if you have like you know five six covers to do and yeah. people are you know lined up to buy a print to talk to you i mean it's time 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 is everything depending on how busy a show is i, I would love to yeah. book things in advance if sure. i could get like you know pre-orders i would, i think all artists like that the most because yeah. they yeah. know they can do their best work and I always try we always try to put that out on social media before a show like hey i've got 10 slots open if you want a commission pre-done pre-made you'll get deliver it to you at the show you'll get 100 percent opposed to you know there's that there's a clip online that goes around it shows the the one minute drawing the Mm -hmm. five second drawing or 10 second drawing and and, and the 30 minute drawing i mean it it's true Mm. (laughs) you get what you pay for you know so you know in terms of everybody in terms of what people are asking of you this has come up when i've had other artists on the show too and i'm always curious about it you know for example, like if you're a fan, you're going up to a, uh, an artist who's known for drawing a particular character. Often you'll ask for that character or, or, or someone in that world or something like that, right? So like for you, who like who are people requesting of, Ooh, of you yes. guys? And uh, what are they basing it? Like do you find like they're just asking for their favorite character or th- do they see something in your portfolio and they're like, oh, we want you to do that? Like how does that break yeah, down? Yeah, I think the portfolio, I, th- I think when they see my art, it's, you know, it's very horror-centric, I guess, uh, but mm-hmm. it's... At at the shows, you know, they might want something, you know, zombied, or, uh, you know, I tend to enjoy doing those pieces. They just flow easier for mm-hmm. me, and I, you know, 
you'll get better quality, I guess, because mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. It's like who's uh, a character I, you've zombified? Oh, Popeye is my favorite. Oh, <laughs> right? really? The Popeye. Yeah, the, I did a cover, yep. variant cover for that. Uh, Popeye. <laughs> Run. <laughs> yeah. That's what I guess I'm known for. This is convention um, related. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you can do work in your studio through the miracle of the internet and social media and mail it out to folks. And um, I'm currently working with a facilitator out of Florida, a comic shop. Um, over the past year, I guess, you do something, and if you're like a uh, an art robot or if you can mimic styles. I've been doing a lot of Batman animated Bruce Tim stylish things over the past year. I've seen those, man. They're awesome. And this facilitator and dealership out of uh, Florida caught wind of it, and he'll send me a stack of 10 to 15 issues commission me to do those. He's going to make a profit. I get, he pays me and then he'll, uh, CGC or CBCS slab these comics and, you know, he'll sell some, he'll keep some for his personal collection. Um, with the animated covers though, that I'm currently doing, he commissioned me to do 10 covers and he's getting them, getting them autographed by like the voice actors from the, the show, oh, which is really cool. cool and graded. So I'll make a profit, but he'll also... Um, it's a fine line yeah. between, you know, how, how do you charge somebody who will then take your art and flip it? Yeah. And, you know, like, how do you, how do you balance it mm-hmm. so you're fair, you know? And it, it, it's, so a, it's a game. A it's yeah. definitely a game. And you have to be able to have a little bit of that bartering right. uh, sensibility. Come to know? terms as an artist that sooner or it's later business. your art will be flipped. Yeah. And... uh a lot of people aren't comfortable with that, but I've become accustomed to it. Like, and all you have to do initially is be like, "Hey, I might wind up selling this. I don't know," and I'm cool with that. And sometimes you can just tell, like, if you've never seen this person before right. at a convention, like, you get a feeling in your gut, like, "But does it really yeah, they, bother me?" They they they, <laughs> they want it at this low ball price, yeah. and then you know they'll turn around and flip it for like yeah. triple or you know. It happened to me at like, a sketch what? day. I saw I did a Joker animated sketch cover, and then. Several months later, I see it on eBay, and that's fine. I'm like, hey, you know. Does it just bother you that they're, they're, you know, not upfront about it? No. Maybe they they fell on hard times, and they have to. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, there's different reasons. Different. You can't always assume the worst. But I I think sometimes what (laughs) bothers you is that if somebody buys something from you and tries to, during the process of negotiating a price, uh, to lowball you, you know, because you want their business and you want them to have something, and then you're not always aware that, you know, maybe they're going to flip it and make money, a profit of it, Mm -hmm. which you're fine with, but sometimes when you see things and you see people all commenting on, you know, this piece going for a higher value, and you go, just call me, I'll make it for you. (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) why? you know, sometimes you're like, call me you know here i'm open for business you know yeah. you get an original yeah just like uh this, this uh two-face that we just did yeah you know it's like pretty fortunate to have a lot of uh, like a local fan base here a lot of people come see us at local stores and conventions and they always come through for us yeah. people have come through for me on hard times like it's it's a roller coaster peaks and valleys mm-hmm. there's dry seasons like i'm afraid now october heading in, into december if people aren't buying like original art at conventions or online for holiday gifts you know you have to generate business for yourself somehow so it's that challenge it's a grind yeah yeah for sure does this full time (laughs) yeah it's full time 
It's like trying to think of inventive new ways. That's how this sketch cover idea came with the voice actors autographing and offering that on top of the grading. And you know, I'm responsible for getting those books back and shipping them back out to the... Yeah, there's a lot of other costs that people don't... You know, right. you know, the cost of the book, the cost of the shipping. $50 for an autograph yeah. for a voice actor. Things add up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to ask, and I hope this doesn't sound like a, like a dickish, Enough. dickish <laughs> question, <laughs> but... Sure, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, no, not at all. But, you know, for, for you, Nick, in particular, drawing in uh, someone else's style, uh, I mean, I guess, how do you feel about that generally? And, like, when people request you to draw like someone else, is that, yeah. like, how do you feel about I've that? I've always tried to divert it to, like, hey, yeah, but hopefully you, you're aware that I can also draw realistic portraiture in my own style. I'm not limited to... You know, check this out. I also did this if you're interested in this type of art. And that's or, what attracted me to Nick's, uh, I guess, talent. Um, I his, guess. his art, <laughs> I guess. Um, is, yeah, he does the, you know, the animated Batman stuff, and that stuff is great. It comes out awesome. But I, I've seen Nick's other stuff, and it's, it's phenomenal, you know? And it's, I always go, Nick, do more of those. More yeah. of those. More of those. Push that. And he goes, but the clients want this. This is what the clients yeah. want. And you got to sometimes you, you have to facilitate. Like a job. You got to yeah. facilitate. You know what people want, and you know hope. You know, hopefully, you bring some uniqueness to it, and you're not, you know, copying. Right. That's key. It and gave me a flash copying. Then you know, th- anybody could copy. Yeah. It's but. to ape a style. And give it your own. I love the McFarland. You know the McFarland. McFarland. Give it your own. Copies it for a while, then they go and do other artists and Jim Lee and all these. It's like a house style. Like DC has a house style, typically, or Marvel. You want to be in the pocket, but give it your own flair. It's like at the Kubert School. There were assignments in certain classes where you specifically had to ghost and ape things. There were there was an assignment, a Popeye assignment, where you had to you know draw on model per se like if you're drawing a disney comic you're drawing on model which is so, fine because yeah. that's what you're you know yeah that's, that's what, what the client wants what they're you know, you're getting yep. paid for but it's commercial work yep. and that's what it you facilitate what you need yeah. to facilitate well it's funny because i you do your own it's a yeah you know, it's a slugfest because you're trying to sell your vision or mm-hmm. your style at the time and as you evolve and if you can marry the two like if you can yeah, interject right. some of your that's own key. style into that ghosting style or that uh that aping or whatever you want to call it then when you have those fans that like that then you know you've hit on something like yes i'm drawing in this animated style but i'm inking it my way coloring it my way by hand you know so people like the handmade art <laughs> well it's it's interesting and as far as you know being able to emulate other styles i mean i think there's you know uh a real practical component to it. I remember I was a huge fan of the uh, Ed Brubaker run on Catwoman in the early 2000s. Yes. Darwin Cook, the oh, late yes. Darwin Cook, yes. was the initial artist on that. I've been getting into him a little. <laughs> Me too, recently. It's I'm like huge. having a Darwin Cook resurgence, which I'm ashamed of now that he's passed on. It's, uh, and it's it's a shame that, you know, there's there's only so much, obviously. It's not like yeah, he had a tremendous output in it, right. but what he did was so amazing. But yeah. in any event, so, so he, many artists like that, that you just name. One of them. my favorites just passed away this week. So oh, yeah. Norm Bray Vogel. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. 
Okay, I'm sorry. No, that's, yeah, that's quite Debbie right. Downer. <laughs> but on a, on a positive note, but so, you know, Darwin Cook was the initial artist on that Catwoman series, and then he was followed by Cameron Stewart, who did an ape his style, but it, it was definitely very reminiscent of what Cook had done. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one of my first New York Comic Cons, I went up to Cameron Stewart in Artist Alley, and I asked him to draw uh, Hal Jordan Green Lantern. And he ended up doing both a Batman and a Catwoman for me. He's like, yeah, hey, that's not what you want, kid. No, but I remember. You're going to get what I'm going to give you. (laughs) No, we talked about it, but I remember him saying, like, yeah, I don't know why. He's like, a lot of people have been asking me for Green Lantern, and I "I don't know why. And I said, I was like, well, I think, you know, your your style on Catwoman was similar to Darwin Cook, and Darwin Cook had done Hal Jordan in New Frontier. Mm -hmm. So it was an interesting thing. You know? But, you know, so as far as. um, My favorite when I get asked, can you do The Flash? Like, oh no, not the Flash! Yeah. <laughs> you know, with that pose that the Flash always does—the running, yeah, you know, with his hands up, <laughs> like that yeah. pose. Well, that was going to be my question. Hands. Like, are there thing are there things that get requested of you that you ever have to turn down for whatever reason? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes it's yeah. nice to have, um, I say, a partner in crime uh, at the tables at the shows because sometimes somebody will walk up and go, "Oh, I want you to do this type of character, this type of character," and I'm like. Uh, either not in the mood or, you know, just not going to come out the way I... That's a take-home you know, piece. That's a take-home piece <laughs> and sometimes, you know, what they ask for. And I, I go, well, you know, Nick's pretty good at this. You can do this one, this piece or, you know, Nick will say, uh, you should ask one to do it. You know? If you're an artist and behind the table... And you hopefully get their business and... Yeah, if you can uh, sort of divide it up, if you know you're capable of doing this amount of sketches and, like, headshots, busts at a show and try to cultivate and accumulate as many take-home commissions as you can. That way you have things to work on at home. You've been paid for it, or if you take a down payment, you don't always have to pay up front if you're a customer. If you like, It's like a layaway plan. Like, I, I've learned my lesson with <laughs> that. Somebody once came up to me. I haven't been burnt. I really. got burned once. Uh, <laughs> somebody walked up to me and said, oh, yeah, you know, I was really busy, and they're like, oh, you know, uh, can you do, you know, uh, Snake Plisky from... Uh, oh, Snake uh, Plissken? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm like, we agreed to a price. He goes, I'll be right back, you know, blah, oh, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, oh. you know what? I'll finish this and I'll knock it out. Yeah. I knocked it out, you know, and they never came back. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. And you're like, oh, I learned my lesson. I should I should always, yeah. you know, stamp it, you know. But these are things, you know, you learn as you go. Experience. And, and But I have the piece, so, you know. Price-wise, okay. I offer things anywhere from like $20 little quick freebies for kids yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with that um on up to pieces that are hundreds of dollars it 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 all depends on how many characters you might want thousands the media like if you want something painted versus just drawn and colored with markers yeah you have to different uh, factors well as as an artist you have to be you know you have to have the range of things for people and that's Mm -hmm. kind of you know that's kind of my opinion is you know have a little bit for some for everybody's pocketbook and then you know yeah taste um so you know you have cards you have you know sometimes you scare people off with the price but you know you spend a lot of time on doing these pieces if you're buying original art you know pony up <laughs> yeah, yeah but but you know but you know i try i try to be accommodating and you know you know buy this i'll throw in something I else or you know have a price list posted right people there don't for look at it really but if you choose not to look at it if you yeah exactly like a bargain I'll, yeah John's I like gonna, do they try to, to be open oh but you know what but i kind of like the haggling you have aspect to be able to do that too yeah i i learned there's there's people out there who just love haggling and it's mm-hmm. it, it's some people hate it you know yeah. it's, it's <laughs> you know this is the price of 
move on yeah. <laughs> you know or you know i don't have time i have to stick to this price because if i give you this then everybody else is going to ask for it you want so more than I one piece that. of art from me and you want a bulk discount i'll work with you like if you want five sketch covers but then there's some people who yeah. you know they just expect you to do stuff for free and yeah. you're like okay uh, you're an artist you have enough money you don't need my money too mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean it's a grind it's it's politics yeah i mean any other particularly memorable interactions at these shows whether it was contentious or humorous or whatever hmm. any but anything oh, that comes so to many. mind <laughs> so many there's so many uh, the banner setup thing you brought up earlier was good and that was one of my most heated things where i just get pissed off and i got over it but uh i'm trying to think of some other instances that were memorable <laughs> with people uh, I don't, I, overall people, yeah. people are pretty good i mean it's a, small, yeah. it's a small community and a lot of these artists are yeah. you know if you don't see this artist this show you'll probably see him at another show and a lot of people kind of get used to that yeah the, the the regulars i guess and so they don't spend as much maybe a, you know oh well we'll see nick and len another show or you know yeah. we'll hold back or we'll see you know but but this one is coming from out of town. You know, yeah. this is where most of my money, you know, mm-hmm. that I saved up is going for. And that's fine. But, you know, that's why you want to reduce the number of shows that you do, per se. Um, mm, you don't want to be at everything yeah. all the time. Because yeah. oh, then they, people feel like they can always get you. Yeah, they could always get you. Well, and then they can get you on the, on the cheap. Or yeah. It's kind of wishy-washy. That's my opinion. But You don't want to be too available. Yeah. We're married to that table at shows, too. And it's hard when you're an artist and you have big time you know other more famous artists at a show and you can't get up from behind your table and go around and collect your own original art from artists that you admire so that's that's a downside of conventions for an artist when you know like oh my gosh uh and i'm a big fan of collaboration so yeah that's another thing that i like to talk about is you know i'd like to talk to the other artist or you know mm-hmm. work with somebody you know like Nick and I collaborate on pieces. I've collaborated with other artists on pieces. Maybe they'll do a sketch and I'll finish it, or I'll do a sketch and they'll finish it. Mm-hmm. And I find that very creatively enriching, and it's a good way of getting yourself out there and yeah. networking. And yeah, talk general, to me about the networking really, aspect. Really important, right? Because you know we've been talking about this cost-benefit analysis in terms of okay, your table is going to cost you this much, your your gas, maybe hotel is going to cost you this much, and you're bringing these pieces to sell and you're doing these sketches. But right when you're talking about that whole benefit piece of this, there's this whole other side of you are networking, you're meeting other creators, you're meeting editors potentially, right, especially right. at these larger shows. So you could potentially yeah, parlay potential. this weekend into a job. Yeah, and you never you never know, you never know where it's going to take you each show, and you hope that it's the right show. You hit the right show. The small shows, you might you know nothing might come of it and the big shows might you know say same thing <laughs> could either oh home my, run or oh my gosh i'm sitting next to tom palmer or uh tom mandrake or across from bud root or yeah, bud any root number of artists that you admire that have been working professionally for years who are like superstars you know and all of a sudden they're like oh come hang out with me and sit have a beer you know and there's nothing wrong like i like your stuff and you know oh you see them at another show folks. and they're like oh yeah they remember you oh they remember my daughter that i mm-hmm. brought on kids day you know uh yeah here here's a sketch for you you know and yeah. all of a sudden it becomes a friendship and it's some, sometimes the best thing is when you're on the other side is oh man i should have been doing this you know 10 years ago 20 years ago i should have jumped in you know back then yeah because they're like oh i remember 
hanging out at one of these conventions and this guy knows me for now like 20 30 years <laughs> you know he sees my face he yeah. knows you know, this artist particular you know and man what could have been you know <laughs> but maybe i wasn't there yet develop you know artistically and yeah know, the 20 the year old me is totally different from the oh, yeah. me now that's pushing i'm not gonna say 40 but uh <laughs> well you know we talked about the, the dream reaper yeah. <laughs> we talked about the competition aspect earlier but yeah there's a huge there element of camaraderie too right i mean yeah, you guys are all in the trenches together and mm -hmm. even you know the creators i've spoken to who might be a little more well established in the industry you know they're still going through a lot of the same stuff mm -hmm. too right and hoping people will stop by and and wor wor worrying that someone might yeah. not like the sketch they do yeah, <laughs> things like that because because uh, what you realize as you get older is like you know we're all in it we're all doing the same thing. Some people just got it into it, you know, a little earlier. They're, you know, some people are better. Some people <laughs> have more experience, or, you know, and or they they were lucky. They were at the right place, right time, or you know. And I like to liken it to like one of my favorite rock bands. Uh, never quite blew up, but they have a large underground following. So if you have like a fan base, a local underground hardcore following yeah, i like that too I, yeah. I like the independence yeah you got a lot of freedom to yeah i can do these animated style things and i can do painting for someone that no one knows about and yeah <laughs> that's, that's key I, I find that that's important yeah. creatively yeah no for sure as far as these these relationships that you've forged i mean uh, any you know as far as people who listeners might be familiar with in terms of friendships you forged or interactions you've had anything that that come to mind um, so, like, there were a couple of creators you mentioned before. Like, are those people you've had a beer with or others? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when I was in the Cubert School, uh, most of those teachers, they are required to be working professionals as well. So, you, after class, you know, you have dinners and share beers and they'll share their working experiences. Uh, like with who? Andy and Adam Cubert, uh, Tom Mandrake. I was in class with his daughter so we're friends um classmates uh anthony marquez he's an editor he was an editor at dc now he's an editor at um dynamite so i've had comic work that hasn't been published that i've been paid for so that's pretty cool so yeah. things like that happen to you in the industry too you'll do work and not necessarily see it you see the light of day but you'll still mm. have be yeah, on the payroll and, and things yeah. like that it's odd I don't know if you've had it's a, it's a gypsy life <laughs> but like yeah. stories that just were never published well, like, or yeah fill works. in work fill in pages and oddities and like you never know you never know you might do something that you know takes you you know half a year to to do a couple pieces here yeah. or there and then you do and it, it sees nothing no light of day <laughs> and, and then you do like this quick sketch and it's like number yeah. one thing that you know, it gets published. Thing, uh, the, the people worst are thing I ever did. Why is it seeing print? Or <laughs> but that's why did. Yeah. Have you gotten any feedback on your art from a fellow creator that like really, really made an impact on you? They're like, oh my god, I can't believe like so and so oh, liked what I drew. It, it happens. It yeah. Happens. I mean, uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of Simon Bisley, and yes. you know, I, I've seen him at shows. I've met him a bunch of times at uh, different shows, and you know, like. Uh, a couple couple of shows a couple of years back you know he, he's i was hanging out with him and another artist and you know he like really loved what i was doing and yeah. it was like you know imagine your number one rock star you know actor or whatever saying hey 
this is good stuff you know it's yeah. it's I, I like it come here have a beer you know um let's hang out i'll see you next yeah. show i'll do you know jokes or whatever whatever or you know other uh craig yo was another one that that i'm i've been a fan of uh for a long time uh he also does a lot of vintage publishing yeah. uh, and you know he just loved my stuff one day at a i met him at a horror convention uh chiller theater and you know just hit it off hit, you know and it's been a good relationship i just talked to him on the way here uh he was on his way to baltimore it's one of my goals um, is to get uh, on some yo stuff yeah, so, well, yeah, okay. networking. It's unique. Networking it's right here. Networker. But, <laughs> but, you know, um, there, there's so many. There's so, so, so. <laughs> I, I throw names out here or there. You know, it, I chat, I tend to chat a lot with people online. You know, it's just like, hey, you know, I like your stuff. And next thing you know, oh, you know, you're sharing stuff, you're sharing ideas, you're asking for advice. You know, the, the thing that I found that I need to work on is the business side of it. You know, it's, Who's going to take you under their wing as an apprentice? You know, everybody's busy. Everybody has their thing doing. You know, how does how do you run this as a business where it's profitable, right? And that's something that we got to learn. Um, you know, how do you parlay this into a full-time, you know, cost-effective, efficient business? Um, and that you could only get from, you know, seasoned pros. And where do you find them? You find them at shows. You find them online. Yeah. You got to, yeah. you know, and it, it takes time. You cultivate relationships. What about editors? Because, you know, we were talking Edi- about creators, Edi- but like, at, and especially at these Jersey shows that we've been talking yeah, about, I mean, yeah. do you even have occasion to get in front of editors with a portfolio? Um, yes. But I, I'm, I guess I find um, myself a little sorry. Uh, I find myself a little too old <laughs> for for <laughs> for walking around with a portfolio to like, hey, look yeah. at my stuff and like me. I, I kind of don't care, <laughs> you know. Like right. I care, but I don't. I almost wanted to kind of matriculate into something, and when people see it, you know, it's. Wait, what do you mean? <sighs> it's, like, is it that you're not, like, you're not looking to get your portfolio to a DC editor and get a gig on a DC book? You want to do I, your, your own thing? I, it's a combination of both. I, like, I would love to get my stuff in front of a DC editor, but I'm not, quote unquote, you know, there, I, done I, that, so. I haven't done <laughs> the, you know, you're not a true comic book artist until you've worked on the series kind of rule, you know, until you've plugged away and really, really worked at a comic that comes out monthly and, you know that that that's a grind that's the goal and i would love to do that um but you know it's like i don't know if i'm ready for uh that kind of rejection <laughs> yeah no um well you haven't lived until you got a portfolio review from uh neil I've, adams so i've got do that i've got i've you know, what's that like okay, i've, well, I've gotten <laughs> portfolio reviews where people were like this and, is uh, great stuff you know here yeah. and there but you know can you do this can you do that and like yeah i'm sure i can but i need to have a reason to do it so like if i get paid for it i have a Ah. reason to you know i could draw you a comic book with you know the city landscapes and backgrounds and people drinking coffee and uh, all all the the non-superhero you know like monster stuff with you know the splash pages and all that people that people like but you know i need to have a purpose at this age i need it to be profitable Uh, i need it to be you know not just like I'm, I'm not a kid anymore and I don't, I don't have time to sit around drawing a portfolio for fun all for fun time. right <laughs> so I mean I still do that but, <laughs> but but if somebody says hey you know I need a comic book here's the story here's what we're working on 
you'll have it you know yeah. <laughs> don't, don't trust me you'll get it you know it's not nick tell me about your portfolio review experiences because um, you seem like you've you've been down that road well we've all had the portfolio that's what the cubert school was it was a constant portfolio review if you think about it it was like a boot camp um three solid years of uh 10 classes a week you're working on assignments uh that you have to consider to be jobs on a constant basis you're doing hours of homework you're developing a final portfolio it's school um, it's, you're critiquing it's each other's artwork the instructors who are prof working professionals critique your work constantly and that's important you know to get that criticism yeah. and get get better yeah so if you can develop that exterior accept criticism try to develop your work and become better take pointers and not uh, treat everything like a an attack you, know, you have to be able to Thick skin, thick skin. Yeah, and listen and take some of those things to heart the right way and use them constructively and to, you know, interject those into your work and not treat everything like, a, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bad, I'm a right. horrible artist and, and give up. And I don't know, uh, you have a lot of kids like fresh out of high school versus someone like me who had had a little life working experience going in, pushing you know, later 20s versus or then you have guys that and, and women too that come out of uh, military experience who mm. come to school from around the world so i almost went to cooper school because i well, grew any, up locally around here any art school like you're there's like a flip of a coin was it sva school yeah. visual arts or was it cooper that has the choices and i'm like i don't know i think yeah. i'd get more of an experience from like a art big art school yeah. and you know it was pratt it was it was FIT, yeah. all these schools. I'm like, all right, yeah. Well, gonna Plenty go of people that. in the comics Russia. profession that never went to art school, too. That's the That's, thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. So as we, wind, matter. as we wind down here, uh, is there anything else that you guys wanted to say about your convention experiences? And I guess maybe my last question on this is, like, is I mean, do you enjoy them? I do. Or is it like a necessary evil? Like, we got to go. We no. got to set up. We got no. to go through I this. I wait. I wait and wait. Like, you're working on stuff all year long, and I can't wait for the next so-and-so show to roll around. I can't wait for East yeah. Coast or Garden State or one of those bigger shows that we tend to do. It rolls around again. It's frustrating the day of just to get all that stuff up and running, mm -hmm. but when you're there, it's almost like cathartic relaxation. Mm -hmm. It's like, And you don't ah, want to see it in. I'm here to enjoy what i do you know what i mean it's like it's a yeah. process it's fun it's a grind i mean sometimes you're you're sitting there all day long and you're yeah. not lifting you know you know bathroom break oh yeah. i haven't gone to the bathroom in six hours you know but After, always at the end of the day i'm like man that was a quick day yeah even it still flies by a, real quick yeah. and even know. though you're planted yeah yeah even yeah. though you're planted it's 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 fun it's yeah it's what we like to do, you know. I didn't get up and, and get to go see Garcia, you know, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. I'll see him next time. He was time. right there, and, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I was working myself, which is a blessing. So, hmm. well said, guys. So, where where can people find and follow you? Lit. What do you want to plug? <laughs> the fangled internet. That, yes. That, um, I would plug in my uh, what's it called? Facebook and definitely instagram that's kind of my default yeah instagram len danovich um at len danovich same goes here um instagram yeah. <laughs> the web i find the website is yeah. I, I keep trying to revamp it revamp it yeah. and right now it's in limbo um <laughs> i will get to it um in its third re, you yeah. know reimagining 
Um, but I feel like I can never keep up. So Instagram is just the way to find me and probably Nick too. I found Instagram is very comic centric. It's got a strong comic community. So Nick Justice Art on Facebook and Instagram. And I have all those things connected. So once you post to one, it goes to everything. And that's probably the best place to find us cool. uh, you can just see stuff that we're working on currently or sometimes mm-hmm. we post old stuff there's so much stuff to find i listen to a lot of podcasts while working and mm-hmm. listen to this one yeah well, well <laughs> i appreciate you guys listening. we appreciate you for having us yeah no thank yeah. you so much you, awesome. you made your my comic shop history debut <laughs> we finally got to chat at <laughs> so i want to thank you both for being part of this thank you you know, I want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll end on a little PSA. You know, there's always this big push to shop local, right? And that's mm-hmm. a wonderful thing, and I support that. 100%. But, you know, we can we can add to that maybe and say, um, you know, shop indie or try indie. So it's like, you know, f- especially in mm-hmm. the context of these conventions. So, you know, if you're a convention goer listening to this, and whether you're gearing up for New York Comic Con or any other show down the line, you know, I'm sure you're going to go in with your list of comics and toys and things like that that right. you want to hunt down you'll have your list of celebrities you want to get a photo with or a creator you want to get art from or an autograph from mm-hmm. or a panel you want to sit in on with scott snyder or the, whatever mm-hmm. and that's awesome and do all of that but if you have an opportunity maybe check out a creator and artist alley you've never heard of bingo because yeah, you I might mean, be making their day or their entire convention you're experience. definitely going to make their day in there yeah but on top of that you know you could be you could be discovering something awesome that you'll really enjoy and then when that creator really makes it big you can say oh well, i've been following them <laughs> oh my the god that's right <laughs> that does happen I mean, yeah i've seen it happen over the years with like you know i remember this there was an artist who you know I was, I was the only one that liked this was artist. nobody <laughs> years ago when i was a kid and i used to go to these shows and all of a sudden they're like the number one artist yeah it's, it's, it's amazing yeah. so just keep that in mind so again, thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, thank you to you guys. Uh, if you're game, we'll, we'll keep chatting for another like 15, 20 minutes sure. or so for the after show. So if you enjoyed my chat with Len and Nick, be sure to head on over to the Patreon page and tune in to the exclusive after show. And speaking of the Patreon, today is also release day for episode two of My Super Fan History. My guest uh, for this installment is 13th Dimension's Dan Greenfield. And uh, we had a great time unpacking the Superman the Movie Extended Cut, the three-hour version of the movie. So that's available today. You can get that for a buck, one buck. Uh, And then the after show is available uh, at the $3 level. So I hope you will head on over and check that out. Be sure to come back here in two weeks for our uh, New York Comic Con themed edition. Former Alternate Realities owner Steve Odo and I are going to be taking New York Comic Con by storm. Not really. We're going <laughs> one day. <laughs> we're going Thursday, uh, but we're going to the Diamond Retailer Breakfast. Oh, uh, I can't we're wait to record, hear this. Yeah, we're going to record yeah. a podcast about it after. So I think it'll be really interesting. I've never been to the breakfast, uh, as you know. I've spent a lot of time at stores and with retailers, so I think it'll be interesting to get a little peek behind that curtain. It's going to be uh, a so crazy we'll be talking show. About that. Yeah, so we'll see. So again, uh, after show and my super fan history at Patreon right now. New episode of my comic shop history, New York Comic Con edition in two weeks. And until then, don't be a flat squirrel.